You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Hello and welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone. I'm the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. If this is your first time listening to the show, I'd like to welcome you. If you've been here before, welcome back. Uh, no matter what, I hope that you find it enjoyable. Uh, I hope you find it relatable. Uh, I hope you find it somewhat cathartic. Um, and and as predictable as this show is, it comes out every single Tuesday. Uh, we always talk about Southampton. We always talk with somebody uh, who does something or is a fan of the club in some way. And just like that, um, Saints, as predictably, uh, found a way to lose a game in which they led. They found a way to drop points at home. Uh, we found a way to allow Cedric um, to be isolated at the back post uh, for the opposition to find him in the air uh, with the ball. And once again, he lost out. Uh, we also found a way to allow the opponents to score late on in the game, uh, this time in stoppage time, uh, with Harry Maguire finding the late winner. As frustrating as it was, um, as predictable as it was, as worrying as it is after sitting with only one point after three games, um, there were some positives in there. And there were spells in the game where we really controlled the game. Uh, there were a lot of positive individual performances, um, also a really, really bad dive. Um, but you know, I will not say that John Moss had a great game, but I often don't like to complain about referees. Um, but he was definitely on my mind as Jamie Grant and I talked about the match. Uh, Jamie runs the Southampton page. Uh, that is the partner page for this podcast. They help uh, promote the podcast. Um, but the main thing they do is they provide uh, content on Southampton. They provide updates and news and everything else about Southampton on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, it's updated all the time. They, the, Jamie and the rest of everybody that, that that helps out does a great job with it. So if you're not already following the Southampton page, um, be sure to do that. I just knocked something over. Oops. And so this week I was joined by Jamie uh, and I was actually on a bit of a, a, a vacation, if you want to call it that. It was only a couple of days, but it was, uh, we were away for my, my birthday, which was last week. And we were up in, in Napa. And if you like wine and you know, California, that is a, a fairly big wine area. And it's particularly special to me because that's where my wife and I went on our honeymoon. So whenever we go back up there, it is always special. Uh, we spent a couple of days there. Um, and on Sunday morning, when Jamie and I were trying to find a place to record, I was trying to find a place to call him. Um, generally if I'm in a hotel, I can just call straight from the hotel. Um, but of course my wife was with me, so I was not going to, um, call her or call in the room with her there at uh, 6am after we had been out quite late the night before. Uh, I just didn't feel like that was fair to her. Um, uh, and like I said, it's, it's kind of a place I like to go. So I don't want her to have that, that nasty memory of me making phone calls and yelling about Southampton, uh, and cursing Harry Maguire and John Moss, uh, with in the room. I don't want her thinking about that next time we go out there. Um, so what I did was I took a walk and, uh, I found a couple, I found a table, found a couple little places that I could sit, uh, sat down. And about the time I sat down and got ready to record, um, they came by and started cleaning the area with the big truck and nice, uh, you know, loud pressure washer and things like that. So I had to get up and move. I walked around a little bit more. I sat down found another place. I was then told by the janitor of that place to move on. I could not sit there. Um, so I wound up standing, um, basically, uh, underneath a light down by the river and, uh, recorded the podcast. So if you hear some birds, uh, if you hear some people walking their dogs and things like that, um, yes, that is actually happening. 
Uh, and I probably looked about as weird as I could look recording the podcast, but I really don't care because it's something I enjoy. I enjoy talking to Jamie and it felt good to be able to talk about all of, of everything that happened um, from the lineups through the good first half to Hoiberg to John Moss and McGuire and everything else. So uh, we will talk about all that and uh, we'll, we'll do that now. We'll just get straight into it because uh, that's what you're probably here for. So I hope you are well. Um, here's my conversation with Jamie Grant. He runs the Southampton page. They're at Southampton page on Twitter and Instagram. And the links are in the show notes to those. So go uh, follow them if you don't already. And uh, here's my conversation with Jamie Grant. I hope that you enjoy it. So we'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Jamie Grant. He runs the Southampton page on Twitter and Instagram. He is at Stranger Ings. He is uh, the partner uh, account for the, for the show, and it's a pleasure to be able to talk to him. And unfortunately, um, we got to talk about about Leicester City and about everything else that's going on. And uh, I don't know how the weather is where you are, but I'm currently standing basically at a river um, because I got kicked out of where I was going to record. So I hope uh, everything sounds okay. But uh, Jamie, how are you? Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on as usual. Um, yeah, and the weather here is not the best. Like I said, you might be able to hear it, but it's, yeah, it's uh, typical English weather. Yeah, yeah, and no, it's uh, I don't know. I'm not going to complain about what I'm doing, and just hope I don't get. Uh, there's no boat going by. I'll be fine. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I say, we just kind of get into it and and get it over with in terms of of the match because I think there's a lot to discuss. Um, and and the more I think about it, the kind of more upset I'm getting, and I don't want to uh, be upset for that long. So. <laughs> Um, but first of all, if people don't follow the Southampton page, it's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the Instagram account is, uh, I, I don't know, one of the, one of the earliest accounts that I, or one of the accounts I followed early on. Um, uh, and of course you are the partner now. And so if, if people aren't following that, they should go over there, um, click the link in the, in the description or in the show notes and then, uh, and then get there if, if we're not already doing that. So let's, uh, let, let, let's get started here with, with the lineup, um, Looking at the lineup yesterday, I, I, I was still thinking we were, you know, possibly going to go with a back five, um, simply because I, I thought that there was the the idea that we we didn't play the back five last week because Vestergaard was out. Um, you knew Vestergaard was going to be in there. It was a, a matter of who was going to partner him. Uh, thinking about Leicester City, thinking about you know how they play on the counter, even without Jamie Vardy, I would have thought that we would have had you know a, a different center back combination, but. Uh, we played four four two, and for the most part, I thought the team played really, really well for the majority of the game. Um, but to, just to get started with the with the lineup and stuff, what did you make of the lineup uh, from your perspective? Um, well, I was well, I was hoping. I mean, it's, it was great to see Vestergaard back in the defense, but I was hoping, and he wasn't even in the squad. Uh, Yoshida was going to play alongside Vestergaard, but like I said, he wasn't even in the squad yesterday, which was kind of a surprise. Because what most people I know after the uh, last game wanted him to go alongside Vestergaard. But, yeah, I mean, Wesley causes a lot of debate between Saints fans, and I think he's either hot or cold with some people. Yeah, I mean, he... I think I saw somebody say that he had started every single game under Hughes, and people can't figure out why, and I... I know he's he's technically a, you know a pretty good center back. He he's got the ability to 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 make long passes and to to dribble and to do all these things. He just still for some reason gets himself into bad situations in terms of you know when he's going to do uh, when he's going to attempt to dribble out of a situation or or do something fancy instead of just clearing the ball away. Um, and you know honestly, that's a pretty slow center back combination against a team he plays on the counter. You know, Vestergaard doesn't is not blessed with pace. There was that one instance yesterday where the ball got in behind him, and he attempted to slide, uh, kind of missed or didn't get all the ball, and then uh, you know we were able to clear it away. Lamina was able to get back and clear it away, but um, there is that, that's always going to be an opportunity for teams to um, get after us that way if if that's our center back combination. And I think part of what happens with Yoshida and Bednarak not being in is is judging from what Hughes said. Uh, during the during the press conference, it, it, it seems like they're not quite ready, which doesn't really make sense to me. It seems like it's been long enough, and I don't know when they're going to be ready. Maybe we'll see them play in the, you know, uh, the EFL Cup 
maybe maybe they'll get a, a run out together and we'll see how that goes. But I, I really have no idea, um, you know, when they're going to be able to, to be given a shot, I guess. Of course, now if you take a look at the overall picture in terms of when we're, um, you know, where we're sitting and, and how things are going, like, it, 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 things are already looking pretty dire. And, uh, and I don't want to say that because we're only three games into a season, but, um, it, you know, once again, a, a fairly easy start to a season and, uh, you know, not the results that we would have necessarily needed or wanted um, from, from, from those games. So um, going, going through the rest of the squad, though, um, I have no issue with McCarthy being there. I think he is still the number one. Um, the, the center back are the, sorry, the midfield partnership of Hoiberg and Lamina, I thought was, um, that's the most attacking thing we could have hoped for. I'm kind of surprised Lamina was in there. Uh, but w- how did you feel about that? How, how did you feel about Romeu being, uh, kind of excluded from the starting lineup? I mean, on a normal given day, I like Romeu in the midfield because I think on his day, he's one of our best. But like I said, Lamina's another one like Hoyt, that's really hot and cold. I mean, sometimes Lamina can be, do you know what I mean, one of the best. And then some days he just doesn't really turn up. So it's it's an interesting one because I know a lot of people that say they'd love to see Romeo more in in the middle because of his strength and whatnot. But then you've got Lamina there. so I agree with that. And and I think Romeo plays a a certain role in, in the team. He is, I would say, the only true holding midfielder we have. Um, it is also true, though, that he is, you know, he doesn't have the most going forward. He doesn't offer a lot in that in that role. For a team who's struggling to score goals, maybe it makes sense to put in uh, some midfielders who can do a little bit more running, who can do um, both get in the box. And, and as long as that partnership, there's the understanding that one of them has to, to stay back if the other one makes a run. And, and there, you know, as long as that understanding is there, I think, it, I think it's fine. I think against a team like Leicester, where I, I, I think we were going to have the majority of possession, um, I think we're going to need to try to break them down and also be able to to recover um, in terms of a counterattack. I think I think we picked the right lineup in, in the middle there, and I think both Lamina and Hoiberg up until the point where he got sent off, I think they they played. They, I think they were outstanding. Maybe that's a little bit too uh, nice to Hoiberg. Maybe he played well, uh, or maybe they both just played well, not outstanding. But I think they I think they were both fine. Um, out wide, I had no issue with with Elianusi and, and Redmond being out there. I thought they were. I thought they did very well. I thought Redmond had. A field day down the left hand side against Amarty, uh, especially in the first half. Um, and I think a big shock for everybody was seeing Ings and Long up there, um, uh, up top. And I know, I know a lot of people maybe want to see Gabby Adini, but he wasn't even in the squad um, yesterday. So, um, what did you make of that? And how did you feel about about Long getting the start and, and uh, you know kind of the rest of the attackers that were out there? Most people know by now. I'm not really the biggest fan of Shane Long. I mean, I was I was a little bit with him up top. I understand the whole. I said he works hard and whatnot, but what I understand with Gabardini is I spoke to someone yesterday and they were saying that he didn't train all week because he attended, I think he attended a funeral back home. So he didn't, I think he didn't train all week and was in the box. Hence why he wasn't in the squad. So I'm guessing if he would have been, um, obviously not having family matters, he would have maybe started the game. So, because obviously I saw him not there thinking, oh, has he been dropped completely? Because I know obviously Hughes dropped some, someone out, I mean, someone's missing from the squad or, but yeah, I think it was a, a family matter. So I, I, he might have started along with Ings if he would have been available. Um, and I know that Adam Blackmore before the game tweeted that uh, I think it was Yoshida, Bednarak and, and Gabby Dini were all on the field uh, running kind of during the, during the warm-up session or just before the teams were announced. Um, and they were out there uh, running and he said hard like they were out there you know sprinting and I know sometimes after matches you got guys who don't play who have to go out and do some running and stuff like that but they were they were doing that and I think it was clear to him at that point that that they weren't going to be included in the squad and um, I think Gabby Adini is a better forward a better striker than than Shane Long without a doubt um, and I think that the partnership of Ings and Gabby Adini could work but I think with the game plan that Hughes had um, the the role that Long played yesterday, I thought he did very well. Maybe the role was just uh, run in behind, uh, hold the ball up, uh, bring other people into play. But I thought he did that very, very well. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to us being able to create a bunch of chances. So uh, maybe, maybe it didn't work. But uh, in, terms of, in terms of the game plan, I thought that it was clear from the very beginning what we wanted to do. And I thought that the players had an understanding of that. And I think that they went out and executed that, for the most part, um, pretty well. And I, I don't know how you feel about that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's. Like I said it started well, and I mean, with Long, I, I'll give him credit in one sense that, like I said, you will get the the work hard, as you said, the running behind the um, defenders. Um, so I can understand why, in that sense, he went for it. But like I said, I just, I just think he needs more. Do you know what I mean? More goals to his game, as you as you were saying earlier. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that I mean that's obviously something we're struggling with as a, as a club, as a team that we're in it, we're just not scoring um, enough. So um, I don't know. We will we'll, we'll kind of get to that. But um, I know after last week in in the opening weekend, there was a lot of talk from a lot of people, from the players, from the 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 club, from from you know me and you, from everybody about starting games better and, and playing uh, you know right from the from from the beginning. And uh, you heard. Bertrand, I don't know if you heard Bertrand's post-match uh, kind of uh, interview yesterday, but they, he said they, they addressed that, they worked on that, um, they worked on on coming out and, and being ready right from from the first whistle, and I think they did really, really well yesterday. They won a corner immediately. They were, you know, from what I saw, they were on top for the first 10 minutes. They, they, it was all Southampton. It was just, could we find a breakthrough there? And of course we didn't, but um, they were they were there. They were up for it. They were taking the game to Leicester and controlling the game. And I thought that was a a really positive. Um, I, I thought I thought it was a real, a real positive from us. And I think that um, as we went through the first half, there was no doubt in my mind that we were the better team, that we were more prepared. Um, but I don't know. Like, what what did you what did you make a, a, of how we started the game in terms of you know what what the game plan was and then how we executed that. I mean, were you, were you happy with how the game opened up or, or anything like that? The thing with us, particularly lately is we seem to start well. And then I don't know what it is. It's like we get to a certain, I don't know if this is the right word, a certain point where we sort of like switch off for a moment. I don't know if that's the right way of putting it. Yeah, I think that's fine. As you said, it seemed to start well. when we've got the early corner, but we never seem to, like you said, Seem to get that early lead because I think if we would have got the early lead while we were playing so well, it might have been a t- totally different game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think after the opening ten minutes, the game slowed down, and I think that's that's what happens. Is you see a team, whenever I see us come out and press, 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 and and you know, like we're really controlling the game for the opening ten minutes. If you don't score in that time, I think sometimes it can get, you know, it, it can deflate you a little bit. You've expended a bunch of energy. Uh, you're the kind of maybe the um, the adrenaline is what I'm trying to say. That kind of goes away after about 10 minutes and you settle into the game. And sometimes fans might say, you know, uh, that, that might feel like we, we missed an opportunity or things like that. But, but anyway, it kind of slowed down after the first 10 minutes. And then I think not long after that, we have like kind of the real, um, the issue with John Moss just not ever calling a foul for any reason. Um, and I think it went both ways. There were a couple of challenges I'm um, on both sides that I thought could have been called. There was a foul on Long that was just on the edge of the area that that uh, no foul was given. Um, I, don't, I don't and I don't know. I, at, what, at one point, did you look at John Moss and, and say like, "Hey, you know, he's starting to actually kind of have an impact on the game by not calling things." That did did you have that thought, or is that just me? To be honest, though, I, I've seen John Moss before, and I've never really liked him as a referee. So when I saw him given the game, I was thinking we will be lucky to get the decision from him. <laughs> so, in a way, I would say I'm surprised, but because I know what John Moss is like, it, it really doesn't surprise me in that sense. You know, I don't like to blame things on referees. Um, I always think that as long as it's fair, it's going both ways, I think it's fine. Um, but there were a couple of things yesterday where I was just like, you know, I think that, you know, the the player is fouled, there's a challenge put in, and the team loses possession. It's not like there was an advantage to be played or anything like that. It's like we lost possession a couple of times as a result of fouls that I thought um, you know, could have could have been somewhat decisive. So um anyway. Yesterday I thought that we did a, an extremely good job of of uh, kind of shifting the ball from one flank to another to get Redmond or El Nusi or Bertrand or Cedric into space with the ability to cross and get people in the box. And I thought that um, for the most part, Leicester City looked somewhat vulnerable. We all know Maguire is a, is a fantastic center back and we'll come on to him later because he, of course, um, scored the winner uh, for them. But 
they didn't look comfortable defending crosses. And it's nice to see another team that doesn't look comfortable defending crosses. And it seemed like the more that we put in, the, the it wasn't that they couldn't clear them, you know, um, it was that they looked unsure. The They were swinging wildly at balls. They were heading balls out for corners that probably should have just been cleared up field, um, things like that. So when I saw that, I was, I was extremely encouraged. And when I saw Bertrand um, and Redmond seeming to have a little bit more chemistry than last year, because I've, I remember saying last year that it seemed at times it seemed like if you if you could get Redmond out of Bertrand's way, then Bertrand would get forward more. Um, but yesterday they seemed to have a pretty good understanding of, of what the other was going to do. And and like everybody else has said, uh, I think Redmond has, has just been um, outstanding so far this season in terms of the, um, his his just his desire to run at people and his 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 willingness to take on someone and, and mess up, make a mistake. It doesn't matter because. Um, we need somebody to create uh, those chances. And um, I don't know. I thought he just had a field day with Amarty down the left-hand side. And I, I don't know. I hope we get to see more of that um, as the season goes on. Yeah, I think, yeah, with, I mean, with Redmond, I watched his post-match interview. I think, it, I, I can't remember when it was. And he was talking about, obviously, he had a tough season last season. I mean, he had a lot of criticism from fans. And, and, and he, I said, during the summer, he was saying that he's, been trying to work really hard and you can tell that already by the early stage of the season and I must admit I really hope that he can kick on this season and because he is there is a good player inside there he just needs to show it and I think as you said the early signs is that he looks really ready to do you know what I mean show him show what his worth is sort of thing yeah yeah um Saints had something like seven corners in the first half and I mean, obviously, that's a that's a pretty big number, um, but I don't know. I would I would have hoped that from from those that we could have created a couple of opportunities. And I think we went into halftime with only two shots on target. Um, one came from Ings very late on. It was a fantastic turn. Um, he kind of took the ball, turned. I think it came it came in from Redmond. Um, it was a quick shot, and Schmeichel had to get down and 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 you know make make the stop. But I thought that. Uh, I thought that for as well as we played, um, for as, as positive as we were, and for as many corners we had and as many uh, crosses that we put in, we, we still failed to create clear-cut chances, and we still failed to really challenge um, Caster Smichael. He did have to come for a couple of crosses, um, which you know is, is part of what you have to do as a goalkeeper, but I, I, I don't know. I, I would have hoped that for as well as we'd played up until that point, and for as poor as Leicester City were in possession, they could not hold on to the ball for the first half. You would have hoped that we would have been able to find a way to to score. And going into halftime, I think you have to take some positives in there. I think they they created a pretty decent chance, you know, on, on the counter. I believe it, it came to nothing, but we needed to be ahead. But still, there was some positives there. And then, in, in you know, having looked at the second half of our previous two matches, we played much better there. Uh, even some of the matches during preseason, we played much better in the second half. So you thought, you know, we're going to come out and we're going to um, have a, a decent second half and, and we should be able to do this. Um, but it, it didn't, I guess, it, I mean, obviously it didn't happen. Uh, and, and up until that point, I, said, I would say that one of the only kind of negatives would be that Ings was not involved a whole lot. Um, he was having trouble getting on the ball and he didn't uh, have a number, uh, a, a huge number of opportunities and things like that. But um, just kind of going into halftime, what were you, how are you feeling about the game? Were you, were you satisfied with the, the performance to that point or were you disappointed maybe that we were not um, ahead? Well, as, as you said, we were dominating the first 10 minutes. Um, it would have been good to get a goal because normally I say when Saints are on top, it's always good to get a goal just to help the whole, do you know what I mean? So it would have been nice if we would have gone in at least one nil, maybe possibly two, but Normally, I mean, you'd go in at nil-nil and say, okay, we didn't take all of our chances. Let's go into the second half and really take the game to them. So I was more of a hoping it was going to get better. Yeah, and I don't know. I, thought, I, I, I Like I said, I was, I was fairly happy with how it had how gone. Um, you wish we would have been ahead, but you think, okay, we're going to go in. We're going to, you know, we're going to come out pumped up again and we're going we're gonna to take it to them. And, and to be fair, the second half kind of started pretty well. Um, Ings went pretty close. Um, and then Bertrand, you know, from that ball that kind of just trickled through the area and Bertrand absolutely destroyed that ball. And, um, you know, 
beautiful strike still rising as it went into the net. That's, that's, that has to be, you know, one of the, one of the best feelings, I guess, when you hit a ball that cleanly and you just know that it's going in and it's nice that it's the captain and it's on his 150th appearance and all this other stuff. So, um, it was really, really good to see that from him. And you would have thought that at that point we should be able to put this away, that we should be able to take that momentum and continue to, to, to move in that situation. Um, and it seemed though that we either stopped playing after we scored or that it, that, that woke Leicester city up because it didn't take them long to uh, equalize. And, um, you know, I don't know what you think about the manner that they were able to equalize, but once again, it was, it was Cedric towards the back post, uh, got his head to it actually, but then didn't clear it, um, and made a mess of it. And then gray, uh, drew them level after, you know, just a few minutes of us being ahead. I must admit, I mean, that, as you say, the goal was gr- great by Ryan. And, and I thought, it was just disappointing because I said I thought a, a goal for us in the second half would push us on, but then to be one nil up and then all of a sudden it was like, and they equalised. And I was thinking, hold on a minute, we, do you know what I mean? It was just so I don't know what seemed to happen from that moment we scored to them equalising. It was like we went right, okay, we've got the goal, that's a, that's all good, and then they decided, do you know what I mean? That just it just seemed to. I don't know what's the right way to put it. Like they just seem to turn off for a minute. I think it's one hundred percent possible that you still have the mentality from the previous two managers, Puel included, that you know we scored the goal and now it's time to defend. It's time to uh, make sure we hold on to that lead instead of continuing to play in the same manner that you were. That kind of put you into the situation where you were ahead. You know, um, I think that Leicester may have crumbled ahead. We continued to apply pressure and had we continued to. Um, push them upfield and had we continued to to kind of play the same game we were playing I think that that just that momentary kind of hesitation of, of continuing that allowed them to get back into the game and once it was 1-1 I, I, was, I wasn't nearly as confident that we were going to be able to win the match as I was when it was nil-nil even maybe going into halftime yeah I had that feeling as well and like I said once the equalizer went in I must admit I was the same as you I wasn't as confident that we were going to go on and finish the game due to previous times we've been like that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Do, do we want to really analyze what happened with Cedric at the back post there, or do we, or do we just want to kind of let it go and say it, it's still happening? You know, it, it, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you want to talk about that or if it's just more frustrating than, than you or I care it's to just, deal with at this point. Yeah, I think it's just like you said, it just seems to be old wounds just continuing really, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the best way of, so yeah, I mean, we can talk about the defending. You'd probably need two, two or three hours for us to discuss the whole defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And, and I think at, at some point you start to see the frustration building and it kind of comes and goes. You had that instance, I don't know if you could see it on your feed where uh, Lamina was kind of making a run and we played it in behind and uh, it was too hard, too long for him. Um, and he you know, kicks the microphone out of frustration. Um, I don't know if you saw that on yours or not. Um, there were a couple of, of uh, needless fouls given away. Uh, El Nusi gave one away that McCarthy was able to punch away from the free kick. But just, just giving Leicester opportunities to, to, to stay in the game, I think. And, and that, that was a little bit frustrating. And I think that's something that maybe uh, there's some leader. Maybe that shows a lack of leadership that we have, that, that there's people out there doing that. And nobody's, nobody's correcting that behavior. Nobody's, uh, nobody's reminding them you know, to, uh, of how to play, I guess. Um, but then you start to see you know, on top of Lamina kicking the microphone, uh, you see Hoiberg let one loose from, I don't know, Steph Curry range from, and it's got no shot of ever going in. Um, and then kind of the next thing that I have in my notes is that he gets booked for simulation and that's the second yellow. And now we're down to 10 men. And, and, and for me, a lot of us pushed for, for Hoiberg to start. A lot of us wanted Hoiberg to start. And I think that for anybody that, that wanted him to start, I, I don't know if Hughes can will start him again for a long, for a long time. I think that that decision to uh, I don't know that decision to go down there and, and whether he was clipped or not, uh, there was some contact before, um, but I think he just took one touch too many. If he was going to go down, he needed to go down immediately. Um, and I, but I think that that you know you have to have, be able to have some trust in, in your players that they're going to you know stay on the field. And I don't know, it would just seem like such a ridiculous dive to me that it, it it's frustrating and I don't know if Hughes is going to stand for that well I, I was really disappointed with with uh, Pierre on that one because 
he had a yellow card anyway. And, I mean, and for me, that was the big change in the game. As in that, obviously, we'll talk about the rest in a minute, but how the game finished. And it was just disappointing because, I obviously, I was watching, watching it and I saw him go down. Obviously, initially, you think, oh, penalty. But, obviously, when they show the replays, you can see... Right. Obviously, there's not much there, and you're and you're just thinking, why? Do you know what I mean? You're thinking, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just you just can't understand why you would do that. Like, especially on a yellow card. I'm not saying you should do it anyway. And and if it was another player, everyone would have been absolutely furious. If Leicester would have done it, but I just don't understand players that do that. It's like they lose their whole. Do you know what I mean? They just think, you know what? Let's try and see what happens. It's almost like he missed the opportunity to shoot. He should have shot, you know, one or two touches before that. There was some contact. He had the opportunity to go down initially with the contact on the, just outside the area. He doesn't go down. He doesn't get the shot away. And then he, the ball is running away from him. It's very obvious that he has lost possession at that point because there's two, I think there's two Leicester defenders on him. And, you know, he's trying I, all the best intentions, I'm sure, but it's just such a, a poor decision given everything that we, we have. I mean, you're now you're losing a central midfielder. Um, you're losing the control that we had in the game. You are giving Leicester just a little bit more fuel to 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 be able to push forward and and then at home in a in a match that we needed to win against a manager that that very many fans you know dislike. Now it it all seems to be kind of turning against us and 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 I don't know. It was super frustrating and I I just could not I could not understand that and I wanted to hurl abuse at John Moss because it felt like the right thing to do. But once, like you said, once they showed the replay, it was pretty clear that uh, he did get that decision right. And uh, Hoiberg does deserve to be, to be sent off for it. And it's just, I don't know. You look back at that and go like, can we hold out? Can we, can we make sure that we don't, you know, ruin this? And uh, unfortunately, you know, obviously we could, we almost got there, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. No. And obviously once you lose a player, do you know what I mean? That changed the whole thing. There was get obviously there was more space for Leicester, and obviously that space, as I said, we'll go on to in a bit with Maguire's goal. Um, but like you said, you just lose the. You have to take someone off because I said I think he took off Elanusi. I think for I might be wrong. Um, took Elanusi off Romeo, so that took away that option. And then you have to go. You have to completely change your mindset when you lose that player because like I said you've got to cover the area that's now do you know what I mean now empty. Yeah, so so what happened was um you know Austin had already been brought off or brought on for Ings. Um they took they took El Nusi off for Romeu uh and we went I think basically like four four one uh and they put long out, out wide and Armstrong eventually came on for him in, in the eighty sixth minute but it does change your the entire point of attack because now you take that long ball over the top that that you know long is going to be able to run onto uh that's gone now because he's got a he has defense more defensive responsibility on the right side or on the left side wherever he was playing whatever wing he was playing it changes the mindset and, and I think everybody understands that this is what you have to do now like there is a the, the mindset has to change a little bit and we still to be fair created some opportunities but there were, we were we looked much more like we were in survival mode for portions of the second half after Hoiberg was sent off they you know, Chilwell, uh, I think, put in a cross or, or made um, McCarthy had to come up for a big save, I think. I don't know. Just just the sending off, I think, definitely changed the game. And I think that goes without saying. That's probably the most cliche thing ever, ever uttered on this podcast, but maybe not. Um, anyway. Late on, uh, we, we got two corners in quick succession. It looked like maybe we were going to get back into it. Like maybe we were going to um, take the lead. Um, and then... And then we have, you know, Maguire, who decided to, uh, for some reason, uh, come forward just a little bit more, which I think he, we saw during, from him during the World Cup, and we've seen it before from him. Now, if you watch Leicester City play at all, he, he is comfortable dribbling and coming forward. And uh, once again, I think we just didn't close him down. We, delayed, we gave him too much space. We gave him the opportunity to, to shoot. And unlike our defenders, uh, Cedric had unleashed one from about 40 yards earlier. Um, he made sure that he kept it down, and I think that uh, it was hard and low. And I, th- I don't know, it was it was a decent shot, kind of more of a prayer I think from him, but it it found its way into the net. And 
that's it. I mean, that, that, that was, uh, you know, the equivalent of, of, of the goal at Everton last year, uh, late on where we, we failed to clear it and, and they, they scored this one hurt just as bad and it left a pretty sour taste in my mouth from, from the entire performance. And, you know, I think you can go back and pick on people uh, and things like that, but it really just did uh, make me angry for the most part. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny really, because I, I tweeted it on uh, yesterday that I loved Maguire in the summer for England. And yesterday I just, I just didn't like him. (laughs) It was just, like I said, but the thing is because of the, well, that like I said, it goes back to my previous point. Because of the sending off, there was more. If Hoiberg would have been on the pitch, and like I said, I might be completely wrong with this, but he could have stopped the goal from happening because you would have had, I mean, you would have had the solid midfield. He he would have been able to close Maguire down, but because of obviously the sending off, that like you said, there was more space. He got through. And then he ended up scoring. So I think, again, the sending off was another big factor in that goal. Because I said if Hoiberg would have been there, he probably could have stopped that happening. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. It was, uh, you know, I, I think everything kind of uh, compounded on itself. And, and we got to the point where that that's how it ended. And I think if if Hoiberg's there, then Long can track back or Armstrong can track back, whoever's playing then to to put some pressure on, on Maguire. And I think you have, you know, the extra body. and. At this point, we're we're still trying. I think we were, I don't know if you can say we were pushing for a winner, if we were still hoping to be able to win it. I think once you get into stoppage time, even though we'd had the, the corners earlier, there is, uh, you know, maybe the idea that you, you just need to hold on for the point. Um, but, you know, yeah, it just, it just didn't work. Um, looking back kind of at the whole whole game in terms of possession, I mean, we had 11 shots. We had seven shots on target. It's not, not a ton. And, and I felt like, we really kind of dominated the first half a lot, a lot more than than we showed, uh, or, or then showed up towards the end of the game. And obviously, going down to ten men would have would have taken that away. But um, you know, we had sixty two percent of possession in the first half. We we passed the ball well, we moved the ball well, we created uh, you know we had chances for corners and things like that. We did commit a lot of fouls, um, but uh, overall, uh, by the end of the game, it just didn't it didn't matter. We were, you know, I, I think at the end of the day when you're kind of reeling from the past kind of season or so of, of dire kind of football, you, you need a result. And, and we had an opportunity, we had a real opportunity to, to get one yesterday and, and we didn't, we, we, we failed basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really believe yesterday was the game that we needed to get. If you look at a result, sorry. Uh, if you look at the two games, I mean, Burnley, we're coming off the back of Europa League game. I'm not saying I expected that to be easy, but you looked at that and Leicester and thought, if we can at least, I mean, well, I was hoping to start both games at, at home with six points. So to come away with one from both home games is really disappointing, really, considering how it looked for us, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you, you, you open your season against Burnley, Everton and Leicester, two of those games being at home. And you come away with one point, and that's just not good enough. You know, that's that's not that's not paving the way or, or a path for a successful season. And I think that is that is worrying for me. Um, and and I just also want to say, early on uh, in yesterday's match, I, I gave John Moss. I was upset for him. I felt like he let a lot of things go. And I think, you know, maybe he that that encouraged the game to be a bit more. Um, that encouraged people to to leave tackles in or leave. Uh, you know, things in on people. And by the end of it, uh, something like 24 fouls in total. But I, I want to say that he could have put a stop to that early on by actually uh, maybe issuing, I don't know if another yellow card is the answer, but um, for not allowing some of those those things to go on early on. And I think, you know, maybe we, maybe that led, led to it. But I, once again, I don't want to blame him. Um, we failed. He didn't, um, I don't think we can blame him for, for that. I think, I think we have to look at uh, the sending off. I think we have to look at um, maybe as harsh as the sending off was, I think that, that you have to look at the, our performance and our inability to, to create a clear cut chance and, and put the game away when we were, when we were ahead. So I don't know. You have any thoughts on the game? Cause I think we have quite a few questions, uh, to try to go over. Um, so I don't know if you want to go that route or what you want to do. Yeah, we can answer some questions. All right. So we'll do this. I don't know. Did you get any on your Instagram post? I think I forgot to put it out on Twitter. I think I scheduled it for tomorrow, so I don't know why that happened. But 
Oops. All right. So like I said, let's, let's go ahead and move on and uh, we'll answer some questions. And I know you, uh, you made a post on your Instagram. I have one on mine. Um, and we'll just kind of go back and forth and ask some questions. If people are ever interested in, in submitting questions, they can do so. Um, they can send a direct message on, on any of the social media channels, whether it's Twitter, um, Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, they can leave a comment underneath any of those posts um, or look on the Instagram story for um, you know the question thing. You can just type it in there. So um, I don't know, Jamie, do you, you have a question? Maybe you want to go first and then I'll, I'll ask you a couple as well. Yeah, uh, the first one was from, sorry if I'm saying this wrong, McLean Brown on Instagram was asking, what do you think we need to improve the most? Results? <laughs> um, no, I would say, uh, I would say probably that the, the thing we probably have to work on is, is just playing a full game, you know, not switching off for moments and not allowing um, maybe the mentality of, of the last couple of seasons to, to show up on our play. And I think that we, for, for large parts, I think we played probably 60 really good minutes yesterday, um, but the game is 90 minutes long. And I think that the moments that we weren't in it, uh, we weren't, uh, you know, fully aware. And, you know, I, I, that's all it takes for any team in the Premier League or any team kind of in probably in the Football League to to take advantage of that. And so I thought that, you know, for the most part, I think I think we, we have the talent, I think, but uh, maybe we lack a little bit of leadership. Maybe we lack um just a little bit of uh of know-how some some senior players in there to kind of make sure that we're all you know in it the whole time but i don't know what what do you think yeah i mean uh, to be fair i know you joked about it but i would say yeah the results do need to improve for one um i just think we just need to improve our concentration up to the 60th minute because it seems to be we're okay for the start of the game but then we get to i said we get to a certain time then it's just I don't, I don't know what's the best way of describing it, but it would just seem to change. So I'd like to improve the fact that we can do the whole 90 minutes. In, obviously, it's hard to keep up the same level. Do you get what I mean? But not to have that switch off after the 60-minute sort of mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have one here from the Danny Ings fan page, which I find it to be great, the page, except for there's still a lot of Liverpool stuff on it. But uh, I, I guess I can't complain too much. Um, says, if you were Mark Hughes, what would you do with the team to try and start picking up points? Well, I would, I would change a couple of... Like I said, I st- obviously, I understand there's injuries there and stuff, but I'd like to see Yoshida come in um, when he's fit enough. I'd like to see Gabardini give him more of a chance up front. I'd def- I'd like to just... It's small things, really, that I'd like to... Because after I saw Ings and... Gabardini versus Burnley for that. I don't know if you remember that. Towards them, they seem to work really well together. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably, it's just, I'd like to see Yoshida get, I feel like if it was me, I'd probably want to get Yoshida alongside Vestergaard because I just think they work really well together and and I'd like to see Gabardini more, personally. But as you said with the system, it doesn't, it doesn't always seem to work with Gabardini, which is really a shame for me, personally. I don't know about yourself. I mean, Hughes seems to have something that he just doesn't like something about Gabbiadini's game. And it, it doesn't matter what it is, I guess, because it's probably not going to change. I think we all rate Gabbiadini, and, and I think not even just from the initial goal-scoring kind of form that he had when he came to the club, I think we all recognize that he is a very good player. He just, for some reason, doesn't quite fit what, what we're trying to do. And, and that is frustrating. It's got to be frustrating for him. Um, he chose to stay, whether it was because there was no interest or whether it was because... This is where he wants to be. Um, you know, he's at the club, but to him, for him to not even get into uh, the team is uh, is, is worrying. Um, I think Ings is very good on the ball. I like the way that he brings other people into it, that he can make passes, and you know, he seems to have vision. And maybe that comes from playing with, uh, you know, just just being in a team where you're playing with Mo Salah and and, and Sadio Mane and and Roberto Firmino, where you have to work to, you know, find other players because they are getting themselves into positions. And I think so for him to, to bring that to us, I think it's great, but I think we need to find him a partner. And I think yesterday, like I said earlier, I have no problem with Shane Long getting uh, the start yesterday in terms of how, what his role was in that team. And I think, I think he did that role very, very well. Um, but it does worry me that, uh, you know, we don't even have Gabby Dini in the, in the squad, in the match day squad. Um, so early on, and I hope obviously that he's going to play probably uh, in the EFL cup game, but we'll have to see kind of what that, uh, what that looks like. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, do, do you have another another question, perhaps? Um, I've got another question from that. It was an add-on by McLean Brown. I don't know if this, I think this question may be a bit early to ask, but it, it adds on with, should we keep Hughes, or is it fixable without a sacking? Which I think is a bit of a... Personally, I know I've said this question a few, but I think that's a bit of a early question. But obviously, I don't know what your thoughts on that one is. I, I think that people that wanted Hughes or weren't happy with the Hughes appointment to begin with, that maybe had to swallow that a little bit because he kept us in the Premier League. I think that they're now going to say that this is this is this is what it is, and that, you know maybe he needs to go. I don't know. Three games is is early. The, I would say that the one thing I'm really, really that really really worries me is we spent all preseason playing with a back five, and three games into the season we've moved out of it I think twice during during the match, and then started with a back four. So that to me, maybe it's maybe it's good on Hughes because he's willing to to change and adapt and recognize that the team's not performing well, but at the same time you had a whole preseason to work on that and you somehow couldn't get the guys to be comfortable in that situation, to, to look comfortable in that situation. And that worries me. Um, because I think one of the things that we really wanted from Hughes was he seemed to be able to get his message across to the players. Uh, and that's something that Pellegrino definitely lacked that he couldn't get his ideas across to the, the press or the players or anything else. And Hughes didn't have that issue, but it seems like he is having that issue now, if that makes sense. And I don't know. Uh, so, so that worries me. I don't think he needs to go. I think that's, uh, like you said, it's, it's much too early um, for that. But I think, you know, people give it, a, give it a couple months and people will be calling for it, you know, possibly by Christmas if that's the way it all kind of goes. But hopefully, you know, obviously it doesn't go that way, but, but you know, we can't, can't control that. So um, I have one here from the Saints Forum. At what point is it reasonable to be worried or angry with the team's performances? Uh, so kind of along those same lines, but is is this something that you know we we can be upset uh, with how the team's playing or be be worried about the the general direction of the team? Well, I mean, I always say the first game you get out of the way, do you know what I mean? The sort of thing, start with a point, like we did against Burnley, is fine. But but for me, the scene because all everyone always looks at the league table initially and says, well, it's nothing to worry about. Do you know what I mean? It's um. Obviously, it's early days, so it can change. Either way, you can get two results and you'll be up the table. Two losses, you go down the table. Um, but for me, it's just... I mean, it's not. I'm not too worried at the moment. I mean, well, I'm slightly worried, but obviously I have to keep telling myself there's, it's only three games. Do you know what I mean? There's a chance of, the bit of form could change. I mean, but our next game's Palace, which is an, another, for me, a tough game. I think that's after the Brighton game, isn't it? Next, that's I think that's the last game before international break. Is that right? So. But yeah, so um, so I think I said I think it is reasonable to be angry because obviously everyone still looks at us as like well, it's still like everyone just thinks like the hangover from last season. That's the right way of putting it. So, and after everyone was really looking forward to the Leicester game, obviously seeing no Vardy and whatnot that we would get the victory so i think it's it's too so it's too early to be like saying right that's it we're done do you know what i mean but yeah i think you're in within reason to to be worried i don't know what you think if, if that's the, what you think about that i i think that we once again are having opportunities to take points and if you start to look at last season a little bit and and how we 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 drop points from matches that we should have taken them from um, and what that did to us in the situation that that put us in towards the end of the season. And you look at us doing that again this year, that is frustrating and that is worrying. Uh, so I understand that. Um, I, 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 like I said, uh, it does get a little bit, I think it's a little too early to worry about managerial changes or things like that. I don't think that's going to, I think that's going to upset kind of the balance that, that is there in the team. And, and I think there were large um, portions of yesterday's match where we were great and, you know, unfortunately, the the ones that uh, the the moments where we weren't great uh, came back to to haunt us, I guess, a little bit. But yeah, um, I there are some other questions here, but I think they kind of cover things that we've already kind of talked about. Um, but thank you to everybody who kind of who kind of did that. Um, 
I don't know if you have anything else that you'd like to add here or if we should uh, we should wrap this up. There's one, I don't know if this is this one you want to look at, but someone asked, great name, J-Lo Bouncing. Like it. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says, why has the last few years of, of Saints gone away from their DNA, which is the Youth Academy? They haven't brought anyone through and it's so disappointing. Um, they've also put when you when you bring the youth through, you get excitement, X factor, speed, and and pride in the badge. Something and something they've been what they've been missing for a while. What are your it says? What are your thoughts on that? I, I would say that yeah. I mean, one of the things that drew me to the club initially was was the academy and their ability to bring players through and their ability to you know to see the kind of development from from youth team all the way through. And I think that there is a sense of uh, of pride that goes with that. Um, especially when you see some of the guys that, that grew up in the area and that came to the academy, like that does do something for the fans, especially because you can kind of latch onto that. Um, I don't agree with some of the people who say that, you know, we bring in these players and they don't care about the club uh, just because they're not from there. I don't think that's necessarily a requirement. Um, although sometimes their actions do do show that. It, it you know, well, the end of, of Van Dyke's tenure uh, at the club, it, he didn't look like he cared. Um, so I understand that, but I don't think you can apply that to, to every player who's come through who hasn't been an Academy product. Um, that said, I mean, this week we had Josh Sims out going out on loan and that's something where I looked at the, the options we had out wide and thought there was a real opportunity for him to get in the team. Um, you know, it, it like last week, El Nusi was out. You would have thought Sims could have slotted in there and, and, and played out wide and that would have been great, but it didn't happen. Hughes spoke in the press conference where he just said what he wasn't sure he was going to, you know, get the necessary game time. So it's time for him to go out on loan. And I can respect that. But at the same time, that's going to anger some people because the moment that we have to play Shane Long out wide, like yesterday, people go like, well, I think Josh Sims does better out wide than Shane Long. And, and you know, Josh Sims has pace. Josh Sims has ability and talent. And that there is a level of excitement that that goes in there uh, if Sims gets into the game versus when Long gets gets started everybody kind of questions it everybody kind of moans and i think that's a yeah that's a a completely fair reaction but um you know i think that that is where maybe the club they have to make the best kind of i guess decisions long term and and so maybe that is that means that you have to to loan those players out but i i I do think it is you know somewhat worrying but I, i also think if we were playing academy products and not spending money and not having guys in the team that were you know proven internationals and things like that 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 we would complain about that uh, but now we're going to complain about the other thing, and I think it just kind of goes both ways. And uh, it's it's maybe it's maybe it's fair, maybe it's unfair. I, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What what do you think about it? Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same as you. I mean, when I saw Sims go out on loan, I mean, I was it was <laughs> I was I was in a mixed view really because I didn't like him playing for the under twenty threes. I uh, this might people might find this disrespectful, but I find him and Sim uh, sorry. Josh and Hesketh both shouldn't be playing under 23 football. I think they're bigger than that and that they should be playing elsewhere. So I, obviously it was nice to see Sims go out on loan. But the part there's a second part of me that thought, as you say, he could have gone, I mean, with Elanusi, obviously he had his hamstring injury. I thought that could have been the perfect opportunity to... Give him a chance. So it's, it was a mixed one because I didn't want him in the under twenty three level, which I say I've, I don't mean to disrespect anyone that likes the under twenty three level, but I just don't think Josh Sims is that is that's his level anymore. I don't know if you what you think about that, but I don't think him and Hesketh should be in that under twenty three setup anymore. No, and, and I think they if you outgrow that level, then the next level is is going out on loan and playing first team football somewhere. And so at that point, maybe that is the the proper uh, chance, but. Uh, you know, maybe maybe during the the preseason training, maybe Sims just didn't quite look like he was going to get a shot uh, in in our first team, and so that's how the decision was made. And if that's so, like maybe that's that's the right decision. You know, the championship if he can get in that squad and, and play every day. I don't think Reading is is doing particularly well. I don't think they've been very good. Uh, maybe last season or even this season, but you know, maybe that'll be a good challenge for him. Uh, just a, a little bit, a slight step up over over what he was playing before. So, um, yeah, go for it and do it. But it is it is somewhat frustrating, like I said, uh, to see. Those players have to do that, even if it is the right decision. It's some sometimes it's just hard to hard to take, I guess. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right. Well, um, I probably should go. Um, it's we're we're coming up on the hour mark in terms of our recording time. 
I appreciate your time. I hope you are all are, are doing okay. Uh, I hope the weather lets up a little bit. The Where I'm standing is starting to pick up a little bit. So uh, people heard little kids and dogs and birds and trucks. Going uh, yeah, hope it's all right. But uh, I, Jamie, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, always a pleasure to to chat. And whether we do it via text or this or, or on the record or off the record, it's always a good time. So um, hopefully yeah. next time we do it, it'll be uh, slightly better circumstances. But looking at the matches we have coming up, not a particularly fun run. Uh, Brighton, of course, in the cup. Uh, then we have Crystal Palace, then the international break, then Brighton at home, then Liverpool away, uh, then oh. Wolves away, and then Chelsea at home. So um, maybe we'll talk in a couple of months so we can actually have a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because obviously, with, obviously, I wanted to get this one in here due to obviously my house moves. So hopefully by the time we talk next time, I've moved house. That's, that's the aim anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, it is early. It is early in the season, and I think we'll. Uh, I don't know. I always have faith that we're gonna we're gonna sort it out. But uh, you just really hope that they do it soon, because otherwise, uh, last season's kind of thoughts are definitely gonna creep in. But uh, like I said, always a pleasure, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks to Jamie Grant, who runs the Southampton page for one, uh, being my partner page and taking such good care of me. And two, for joining me on this occasion to talk about this match uh, when there are so many other things that you have going on and so many other things you could have been doing. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And after the loss to Leicester, it just places that much more emphasis on the game against Brighton, which is coming up on Tuesday. Ah, I don't think we... Stop the music. We got to call Jamie again. Jamie, I'm calling you back because um, Southampton play before next weekend. We have Brighton in the cup uh, on the day this comes out. So uh, I think we should at least uh, address it a little bit. And I completely forgot about it when we were on the phone earlier. Yeah, no, it's okay. I, 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 I said I did remember myself, but uh, yeah, I think time time got ahead of us on that one. Oops. Um, but but anyway, uh, just, just given the fact that, you know, we have had a cup run in each of the last two seasons, have another chance to get a win and maybe get some momentum um, going under us. And I'm just, you know, from your perspective, it is against Brighton. It is on the road. Um, you know, I guess given how the last match ended, how important is uh, the match against Brighton for the club uh, at this point in the season? Um, well, Ryan Bertrand said it after his interview. He said that, Obviously, because obviously the, the uh, last game wasn't the best, and I think the the cup game against Brighton is. I mean, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, we don't need the cup," but I think it'd be good just for the momentum. I mean, to get, a, I think any win you get can help the team anyway. So I think it would be good for us to get the win tomorrow night and then head into the weekend with a bit more of a positivity because we would have been heading in to the Palace game after the Leicester game without a cup game, then it might have been a bit different. So this is a chance for us now to put our rights wrong. Yeah, and I, there's there's a legitimate chance here to, to, to gain a little bit of momentum. And it's something that we failed to do uh, at many points last year. It didn't seem like any wins we got through in, in any of the cups actually you know, transferred over to the Premier League. But there is that opportunity. There's that chance that, if we can put together a solid performance and get a win that maybe it, it just gives the, gives everyone a little bit of belief from, from the players uh, all the way to the fans and everybody else in between. So uh, you, you kind of hope that that is a, uh, you know, you hope that that can happen. And um, you know, as we're talking now, uh, we've just seen that Harrison Reed has gone out on loan, but um, you know, you would, you would think that there would be some changes in the team uh for for the club, you think that hopefully this will be the chance that we see Maya Yoshida and Jan Bednarak get in the squad. Um, you think, you know, maybe we're, we'll see uh, a slightly changed midfield. Um, maybe you see a slightly changed formation. Maybe you see Armstrong play as well. Um, so I, I don't know what, what changes are you anticipating in terms of of guys coming into the team. Um. Well, 
one person I think might get a chance is Angus Gunn, obviously who we signed in the summer. I think he might let Gunn um, have a shot because I think that would be good just to see. Do you know what I mean? Because we want to see if he is going to be real competition for McCarthy. So I'd maybe expect Gunn to maybe come in. As you said, I think Yoshida and Bednarak are... I mean, I'd be, if they didn't... I mean, if, especially Yoshida, if I didn't see him in the lineup, I would slightly worry about his future. I mean, going ahead, because you, you'd expect, like you said, him to, to come in. Um, I'd expect also maybe Gabardini to get a start and... Yeah, I think there's a few. I think he'll try and give players a game that haven't played. And as well, and obviously, I think Stephen Davis might get a chance in the midfield. Is that, yeah, because he hasn't featured much this season, has he? So I think he'll try. Yeah, I think he'll just try and bring some of the players in that haven't had as much chances as they have liked this season or pre-season, for example. Yeah, yeah, and there's a there's a real like like we said there's a, there's a chance that this could be uh, good for those players and, and you. At the same time, you hope that there's enough consistency in the team to be able to. It is early in the season. I'm not. I don't think that people are necessarily tired at this point. You know, maybe we're only three games in the season, so hopefully, uh, we we can still bring on some guys maybe late on to to try and win the game if the if the, if the opportunity presents itself. But hopefully, that we can we can put in a good performance and and get through. And um, I imagine this will be one of those matches where uh, I can't see it. It'll be middle of the day for us and. It will uh, also, I'm fairly certain, it won't be televised. So uh, it looks like uh, radio coverage, hopefully, that, that'll be provided and, and we'll be able to uh, enjoy it that way. Yeah, I think, yeah, like I said, it's, um, I said, it's, it's good. It's, like I said, it's during the week. It's obviously a lot more people probably, as you said, listen to it via the radio. But, but yeah, I just think it's a, it is definitely a good chance for us, like you said, to go down there and, just put performance in and like I said and, and the other thing you've got to think about as well is these players that come in they want to give Mark Hughes a headache you know what I mean if they come in let's say for example uh, Yoshida or somebody you know what I mean stands out you want to give Mark Hughes on the on the Saturday a, a selection headache like if Angus I'm not saying they would change McCarthy I still think he's number one but let's say Angus Gunn had one a great game it put thoughts in his head about Who's playing? Do you know what I mean? You want to so all the players that do get a chance tomorrow night, you would hope they would take the chance. Otherwise, if they don't, it justifies why they're not getting chances. Right. No, and, and you would definitely think that that Angus Gunn would be given this game simply because he came here for first team football. He didn't come here to to be a backup. He could have stayed at Man City for that, you know. Um, and he didn't come here to to go out on loan to a to a lower division because he also could have done that at Man City. So. Um, yeah, well, I just hope the guys, whoever comes in, um, you know, hopefully they have, uh, you know, been working together a little bit and they have an understanding and hopefully we have a better showing in this cup than we did, uh, last season when we went out to, to wolves at the first hurdle. So, um, yeah, but, um, I'm sorry to have to call you back. I know you are, uh, you were busy, but I, I wanted to make sure we got this in. Yeah, no, it's fine. I said, I, I said, I've, I've stopped. I, I said, I'm very busy with, uh, currently getting ready to move house but I, I found i found a break anyway and i needed it to be fair <laughs> <laughs> all right man well i'll let you get back to that and uh hopefully next time we talk we'll uh we'll be talking about a win yeah thank, yeah thanks for having, having us again all right man talk to you later and that really does it for this episode of the southampton delivery podcast thank you so much for joining us i hope that you enjoyed it uh, if you couldn't tell, I had to call Jamie back on two separate occasions, once from a riverbank and once from the same place that I always record, which is just a desk in my office at home. Special thanks to Jamie for taking time out to talk with me. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Stranger Ings, and he runs the Southampton page. It's at Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out if you don't do so already. If you want to get in touch with this show on social media, we're at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on Twitter and Instagram. And we're at Facebook.com forward slash SFC delivery. No underscore in the Facebook address. You can also email the show at Southampton delivery at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us questions however you wish. We always enjoy feedback from you. Our logo is designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. 
For all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. You will not be disappointed. All music for this show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Poddington Bear. If you haven't done so already and you enjoyed this week's show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on Spotify and on the new Google Podcast app for Android users. If you've already done that and you still like the show, you can leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. That really does help other people find out about the show. And I truly appreciate it. While Saints have certainly dug themselves a hole at the beginning of the season, uh, I do look forward to next week to talking about Brighton, to talking about Crystal Palace, to talking to another fan, because that is really what this is all about. And until next time, remember that together, we march on.